Thank you very much, uh, Brother Felix. Um, I would like to welcome everyone online and, uh, and also those who are offline. Um, <laughs> the ones who are here in person. But if you've got your Bibles with you, please turn with me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. Uh, verse 15 to 17. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2. First John chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. I'll be reading from the English Standard Version and hear the word of God as it comes to you. Do not love the world for all the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, that is, the desires of the flesh, and the desires of the eyes, and pride in possessions, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Whoever does the will of God abides forever. Um, we have been doing a, a series uh, from 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Uh, we have named it uh, Do Not Love the World series. And um, our, our Friday meetings are called Issues Affecting the Church Today. And th these are mainly designed to help uh, people... Uh, think about um, issues, Christians particularly, to think about the issues that are affecting the church today and uh, therefore then be able to reach out to the world uh, fully equipped, knowing what things plague the church today. And also for those who are non-believers, that they may truly see their, their spiritual bankruptcy so as to be able to come to a realization that they are sinners and they need the gospel and they need Christ to save them from sin. So we looked at pornography uh, the first week. The second week, Brother Doe, which is last week, Brother Doe took us uh, through worldliness. But now we want to zoom into uh, what we call uh, or what is called narcissism. Uh, a, a, a preoccupation with self, which really is, is a very common religion, probably the most common religion in the world. Simply because by, by nature, we are all narcissists. Uh, we, we are all about self. Well, some, may, uh, some narcissism may vary in degrees and some may severely suffer from it in different shapes and forms. But the truth is man is about himself. Man is, 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 is full of himself. Man elevates himself above everything and everyone. And, and this was seen in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve tried to usurp the, the to, to usurp God from his throne. This is a simple definition of narcissism. It is a term used in psychology to describe a preoccupation with self. It is a Greek term taken from the name of the mythology uh, of the mythological Narcissus who fell in love with his own image and was doomed to die because he would not take, he, he, he would not turn away from it. He was, when he saw his reflection, um, he, he, he said, wow, this is amazing. And he could not turn from that. So that's where narcissism came from. When we say narcissism, but really it's, 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 it's um, a preoccupation with self, a love of self, pomposity, 
self-elevation. A narcissist is a person who displays a high level of selfishness, vanity, and pride. He sees everything from, from a how-does-this-affect-me um, perspective. And this, was, this, was, this is exactly what, what John was tackling in 1 John chapter 2. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world. So he now expounds the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, uh, pride in possession is not from the Father, but is from the world. So in, so in other words, narcissism, a, a preoccupation with self, is actually worldliness. It, it is actually being consumed by, by the pride of life and the desires of the eyes. And, and as I said earlier on, you know, we are all... All of us by nature, to some degree, are narcissists. There is no one who can come to me and tell me that I am the most selfless person in the world. Because only Jesus was able to be perfectly selfless when he died on the cross. Even through his life. He was perfectly selfless. We, we are selfish by nature. So this aims at all of us. We, we, are not, um, we are not exempt from this. And neither can we claim that we do not display a degree of narcissism one way or the other. For example, how many people... When you, when you talk to them, make the conversation about themselves. You come, hi, how are you doing? Fine. They don't even ask you how you are doing. It's just, how are you doing? Fine. How's work? Fine. Ah, oh, great. Ah, oh, everything's all right. We are doing spectacular. Uh, up until the conversation finishes and you yourself have not been asked how you're doing. <laughs> What, what about, for example, maybe you're in town or in the CBD, you, people are eating chips or, 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 or drinking, uh, you know, uh, from a Coke bottle and just toss it wherever they, they, they want to. Or even when you're, in, when you're in a car and you're a passenger and someone is sitting next to you, they eat, they eat, they throw the, the litter out and... They don't even worry about whoever is behind them. Such that even that thing can cause a, a problem, a, a, a danger. It's an obstacle. They don't care. They're all about themselves. They, they don't even think that I'm messing the environment. They complain, oh, this country is full of litter. But you are contributing to the litter. What about in a queue? How many people do you know that pay their way into the front of the queue or pay the guard or, 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 or they know someone in the big offices that can put them in the front such that the people who slept in the queue suffer? I'm just giving you an example. Examples here of narcissism in this world. And that narcissism is a reality. What about, you know, driving? How many accidents have been caused by the me, myself, and I attitude? I have to be in front. I have to cut. I have to go through the robots. I, I, I. In, in, in Christian orthodoxy, we worship the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But the narcissist culture, the, the self-love culture, worships me, myself, and I. It is all about me. It's all about I, my children, my home, my this. One, one brother during a, a pastor's fraternal 
uh, I recently attended, asked this question. How many men, or how many of you men, are ready to say what belongs to me is actually God's? That my wife belongs to God, my children belong to God, my property belongs to God, my, the clothing that I'm wearing belongs to God. The sofas that I'm sitting on belong to God. They're not ultimately mine. How many? Well, we hang on. Don't we? We hang on to whatever material things um, that we have. But narcissism is, yeah, is, a, is a hot issue. And listen to what the word of God says about the heart of man. I'll be quoting a few scriptures. Paul on the verge of being martyred in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3 uh, verse 1 uh, to 7. Let us turn there. He's describing, he's describing uh, false teachers. And this is what he says. 2 Timothy chapter, ch chapter 3 verse 1 to 7. Or better yet eight. Hear the word of God. He is describing false teachers here contextually. But understand this. That in the last days. There will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self. Lovers of money. Proud. Arrogant. Excuse me. Abusive. Disobedient to their parents. Ungrateful. He's describing the human heart. Unholy. Heartless. Unappeasable. You cannot appease. Slanderous. Without self-control. Brutal. Not loving good. Treacherous. Reckless. Swollen with conceit. They're lovers of pleasure, right? Rather than lovers of God. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. I'll pause there. How many people say that they are Christians and they're actually not? They love the church of God. They love to be associated with the name of Christ. But when you say you're living in sin and you, you ought not to live that way, you're called a bigot. You're called to bigotry. You say, I know this guy, well, you, 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 you're just... Uh, you are just full of yourself. You, you want to speak for God. But what does the word of God say? Paul then continues to say, Avoid such people. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women. So Paul is not taking any prisoners. Even the, the women who are said to be weak are burdened with sin and led astray by various passions. So even this victim mentality or victim culture that we have, even those people who are said are victims are actually perpetrators. We live in a world where there's so much emphasis on victimhood. Oh, we're victims. We're victims of, of the society that we live in. We are victims of the system. We are victim of the, we're victims of the country. It's never, oh well, I'm a perpetrator. Oh well, I contribute to the moral decay of society by my conduct. <laughs> Narcissism. The, the me, myself, and I religion goes deeper. It's, I'm a victim. For example, you go to a, maybe a sister who is scantily dressed and you say, my sister, you're not dressed well. You're dressed provocative, provocatively so that you may draw attention to yourself and stumble the brothers or whoever is in the church. And then it's told, no, 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 the pastor abused me. Told me I'm, I'm not dressed. I hate Christians. I hate the church. I'm never going back to church again because you've been called out of your sin. And this victim mentality and this victim culture is rooted in narcissism. In Genesis 6-5, the prophet Moses writes, 
the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on earth and it grieved him to his heart. Listen to the words of the preacher Solomon, the son of David, Ecclesiastes 8 verse 11. Because the sentence against an evil deed is not executed speedily, the heart of the children of man is fully set to do evil. The words of the Lord Jesus Christ in the discourse he had with the Pharisees and the scribes when they were questioning him over the disciples eating without washing their hands. He said this in Mark 7, 21 to 23. I'm just describing the heart of man here. For from within, out of the heart of man comes evil thoughts. So where do evil thoughts come from? From the heart of man. Sexual immorality, theft, murder. Ah, when somebody murders people, those, uh, when, a, when a murderer is out on the loose and is caught after on a rampage and is being tried in these courts, what people are quick to say is that, oh no, he's a, he's a victim of the environment. You know, his circumstances are the ones that caused him to do this. He, he, that is the... That is worldliness. That is what the world says. If, according to the world, the heart of man is good. The moment you say you are evil, you need Christ. You need a new heart. You need a heart transplant. A proper heart transplant. They'll say, ah, no, 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 no. That is, that is too much. But this is what the scriptures teach. You know, when somebody's given to prostitution, no, 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 prostitutes have rights, so, you know, let's give them rights. Uh, there's no food on the table, so let them do what they're doing. It's never, no, 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 they're sinners. They need the gospel. Doesn't matter what's going on at home. The Bible does not give us conditions for sin. The Bible tells us blatantly that for the wrath of God is being poured out from heaven against unrighteousness. There's no negotiating with God on this front. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness, all these things come from within and they defile the person. This is a stark contrast to the me, myself, and I religion. This is a stark contrast to the self-love culture. You love yourself. You know, I, I will go into, like, you know, some examples that I came across on this whole self-love uh, self culture. It's quite, yeah, it's, it's, it's blasphemous. That's what I would say. And we need, those who are in Christ, need to be sanctified. Daily. From the word of God. And sanctified against this me, myself, and I religion. And friends, there's only one, one person who can sanctify the human heart. Which is Christ. Jesus. There is only one way to get a new heart. You know when Paul says you're a new creature in Christ? When, when, when God in Ezekiel says I will put, I'll give them a new heart, I'll replace the heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh and I'll put my spirit within them. We see that this new heart comes from God. And Christianity 
is the only religion that emphasizes a changed life as a result of what the deity has done. All other religions will tell you you need to change in order to appease the gods. But Christianity is a holy God um, uh, swooping down on a sinner and changing his heart. That that sinner and creature may be able to worship him. The self-help culture, self-love, narcissistic, narcissistic stuff is all about, you know, I need to work my way towards God. God submits to the narcissist. God, they, they, they want God to be made in their own image. That's mankind, right? And you ask me how? How do, how do they want God to be made in their image? I'll tell you. Just look at non-believers when a relative is sick. They'll pray like no one has ever prayed in their life. They'll become as religious as anything out there. Meanwhile, all their life they've been living a life of debauchery, sin. Or when God answers their prayer, because God is a God of grace and he lets the sun rise on the evil and the sun sets on the evil as well, as well as the good. When he answers the prayers, they go back to sin. The me, myself, and I religion. The only remedy that we, that we prescribe as mankind's greatest problem of sin is Christ Jesus. We need to repent and believe in Christ. So that Christ can sanctify us of ourselves. Because <laughs> we are the king of the manor, right? This is what human beings are. Proud, arrogant, vain, sinful, lustful. We are liars. That's the reality that the Bible brings out about mankind. You see, the, the world wants to see itself as good. That is what, that is what Arminianism is and, and even Pelagianism. It's rooted from all these things. When we say, oh, man, mankind is good. What, what they're really saying is that, no, no, no. The, the picture that is being painted by the Bible is, is, <laughs> is false. They're sugarcoating it. We, we have a, a better definition. That's what Armenians say. They may not say it, but that's what they espouse. We've got a better definition of what mankind is, and mankind is basically good. Mankind does not need a new heart. Mankind does not need a radical, divine transformation so that he can be a new creature in Christ and worship God in spirit and in truth. So that one who was dead in their trespasses and sins, one who was a corpse, will be made alive in Christ and given a new life. When you're in Christ, friend, you have made it. <laughs> you know, in, in the world, it's like, ah, no, 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 there's, there's, there's a mecca. The mecca of the world is, you know, get, get degrees, Continue amassing the wealth, and get many girlfriends, get get drunk, get, get you know, get blazed, smoke, do all sorts of things. And people are like, "Wow, you've made it!" And the Bible says, and Bible teaches, those in Christ have made it. Those who have the Lord Jesus Christ, those who are humble, right? Those who, if you go to the Beatitudes, the upside-down world, the, the, the meek and lowly, 
have made it. The ones who are willing to be persecuted for Christ, humiliated for their faith, have made it. In 2014, American singer Selena Gomez sang a song called The Heart Wants What It Wants where she was in a supposed, rela a supposed abusive relationship. And then she says that there's a million reasons why I should give you up. She's talking to the boyfriend. There's a million reasons why I should give you up. But the heart wants what it wants. This is from 2014. And friends, I'm just using this song to show us that the, the, the whole push of the world is that mankind, mankind's heart is good. So even when they say the heart wants what it wants, people are like, yeah, follow your heart. Follow your, your, your gut feeling. It's not follow the word of God. It's follow your heart. The heart wants what it wants. And friends, from that description that we've seen, the heart wants to sin. <laughs> the heart desires evil. Only when Christ has sanctified us and changed our inclination and we are readers and ardent students of the word of God and the spirit of God is within us will we do things that please the Lord because we are new creatures without Christ and, and we have to be dogmatic about this because many people Hi, please. Hi, please. May you mute? Sorry, please. Michelle, please. May you mute? Thank you. <laughs> Is she muted? Huh? Uh, okay, that's fine. Let me just continue. Alright. So... We also, we also see that narcissism is deeply rooted in the heart and is expressed in the whole self-love culture. Now, what is, what is the self-love culture? It is actually a sugar-coated way of saying, be filled with sin to the brim. <laughs> Of sin, continue sinning until you die. That is the self-love culture. I'll, 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 I'll prove it to you as I read what when they say self-love. <laughs> what do they actually mean? Because words, the words that the world uses can just be mere words, but they actually have a different meaning to what you think self-love is. Listen to this from James Beavers. He was writing an article for Desiring God titled, Do You Love Yourself Enough? This is what he says. Self-love is an introspective prioritization of self aiming at a deeper love and acceptance of self it is a meditative focus on one's own positive traits self-love seeks freedom from negative thoughts about oneself so in other words it's not reality the colleagues say no positive speaking say you're beautiful say you're beautiful even though maybe you're <laughs> you know oh say that you're rich say that and you're poor poor than the poorest 
But he said, say you're rich. Say you're rich. It is a meditative focus on one's own positive traits. <coughs> Self-love seeks freedom from negative thoughts about oneself, whether guilt or insecurity or even awkwardness. It is seen as the key to the love of others and the love of God. Because as long as there is any discontent with self, we are unable to devote ourselves to this. That's the self-love religion. They tell you love yourself before you love everyone. Haven't you seen all the statuses? Ah, no. You know, people, <laughs> I don't know what would have happened. Maybe someone would have been hurt by a family member or a boyfriend or they're coming from a sinful relationship. They've been, they've been broken by that sinful relationship. Then they say, ah, you know, it's time to love myself before I love. I've learned my lesson. I have to love myself in order to love someone else. But that's not what Christ says, right? Christ does not say, it is not saved. Self-love is not biblical. It's unbiblical. There's nothing in the Bible that suggests that you should love yourself. In fact, it is the opposite. The Bible teaches sacrificial love. Uh, and, and the most, uh, the most biblical definition of love, or the greatest definition of love in this world, was expressed at the cross, and it was bloody. <laughs> all these things that we say, oh, this is love. That is not love. If our love is not rude, that's why we emphasize a Christian should marry a Christian. Because both have been given a new heart by Christ. Both have been saved from sin. And they're able to love one another because of Christ's righteousness, not their own righteousness, not their own sinful hearts, not their own sinful inclinations. Of course, there's still indwelling sin, right? When you're saved. You still put to, put to death the deeds of the flesh. It's serious. But I, but I want to say, friends, this does not mean that we should not be good stewards of our body, of our money, finances, good stewards of our time. We should not, this, this does not mean that we should neglect uh, going on holidays. <laughs> this does not mean that you should neglect uh, living to the glory of God in the confines that God has given you. Provided you can afford that lifestyle. Because the people who are living beyond their means. That's narcissism. You're living beyond your means. You're in debt. You are duping everyone in town so that you can keep up that lifestyle. You are robbing people. You are lying. You, you can't even, uh, you know, you can't even, the amount of times you have lied cannot be counted. Because you just have to cover your lies, one lie above the other, in order that you can be said you're living the life. We should do all these things. We're not, we're, we're not to be gluttonous. We're not to be uh, those who live a, a, a monastic life where they're starving themselves to death or tying themselves to a rock and say, no, 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 I cannot live in this world. It's bad. And the issues of common grace, the Bible emphasizes moderation. Common grace is enjoying food. Uh, you know, non-believers also enjoy sex, right? In marriage. They do, right? They do enjoy ice cream. They do enjoy riches, right? So <clears throat> we can't discount common grace in all this. We need to be balanced. But that is not self-love. That is living to the glory of God. Self-love religion and self-love culture, self-love theology 
is the reason why the church today is also suffering. Let me let me read something here for you. <laughs> this is from the uh, Watch Mental Health in Focus. Um, it's it, it comes from uh, the well, it's called a Healthline, the Healthline magazine, which says thirteen steps to achieving self love. I want you I want to read you some of the steps to achieve self love. Number one. Stop comparing yourself to others, okay? That's acceptable, you know? Don't compare. Uh, do not, you know... Do not worry about other people's opinions. Okay? <laughs> Allow yourself to make mistakes. Number three. Number four. Remember, your value does not lie in how your body looks. Uh, what does that have to do with anything? Don't be afraid to let go of toxic people, okay? And re remember, protect your energy. It's not rude or wrong to remove yourself from situations or company of people who, who are draining you. Well, the Bible says do not be unevenly yoked, right? So if you are uh, someone who loves hanging out with unbelievers, disassociate yourself with, that, with unbelievers. Uh, number six, process your fears. <laughs> like erring feel, feeling afraid is natural human don't reject your fears understand them uh, number seven trust yourself to make good decisions for yourself trust yourself what does the bible say the heart is deceitful above all and desperately wicked who can understand it Jeremiah 17 verse 9 take every opportunity life presents or create your own Put yourself first, number, <laughs> number, number nine. Put yourself first. It's a me, myself, and I religion. Feel pain and joy as fully as you can. Exercise boldness in public, number 12. See beauty in, every, see beauty in the simple things. Be kind to yourself, number 13. And then there's something here. We says how to fall in love with yourself again. Number one, hit the road alone. Number two, candlelight dinner for one. Number three, silent retreats. Number four, digital detox. I understand that. I understand digital detox. Number five, meditate. The best way to get to know yourself is to get inside your mind. Contrary to popular belief, meditation is not, is, is not about silencing your thoughts, but rather learning to sift through them and rise above the noise. Meditation can help you gain a new perspective, marriage stress, and even improve your mood. As, you see, it's all about happiness, mood, you know, negative energy, get away, you know. I don't know if you've ever heard of that statement. Like, ah, oh, yeah, just too negative. Get away. I just want I don't want negative energy, you know? A simple mind, mindfulness practice can help to reduce inflammation and improve some conditions like high blood pressure and, con and, chronic, and chronic pain. Number six, go wild. You don't have to set out to conquer the Pacific Crest Trail on your own like Cheryl Strait. A short hike, an overnight camping trip, a full-blown backpacking adventure can get you uh, into the world and experience a new adventure. Em embrace, fe embrace fear. So the thing is that not everything is bad that you're suggesting, but the fact that what is really at the core of this is evil. It is against God. They will tell you the nice things. Christians dressed right. Christians go to holidays. Christians go hiking, right? Number eight, live your favorite day. Make time for pleasure. You don't listen to number nine. So vile and disgusting. You don't need a partner to benefit from pleasure. Masturbation can help build self-esteem. Make it easier to fall asleep and boost your sex life. 
getting to know your body and what you what you like can make sex with a partner even more enjoyable. Look how selfish, self-centered, sinful that is. No regard for God, no regard for his statutes, no regard for anything that God has to provide in his word. Just sinful. Me, myself, and I, religion. Uh, if you think I'm lying, please go to these sites and research on the me, myself, and I religion. Please understand that this is rooted in um, the worldly ideologies that we see. Let's go back to our teaching. I was just reading from there. So, so who does Christ say we must love? John 13 verse 33 A new commandment I give you Love one another as I have loved you So you must also love one another This, by this everyone will know That you are my disciples if you love one another Love your neighbor as yourself Love one another Friends, I have a question. Do we love the saints of God and pray for them and take care of them and give materially to them? This is one aspect that lacks in the modern day church. We are all happy to say we love you. But practically speaking, when your brother is going to shoe or a, or, or a trousers that is torn, you are happy to look at that trousers and not even offer to get them a new trouser. Practically speaking, the, practic the practicalities. Well, I'm not talking about, you know, because Christianity is, is at grassroots level, right? When people think of Christianity, they go to the tower before they start at the bottom. Practically speaking, love one another. Sacrifice. This is contrary to the, the, the theology of self-love. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47, and I'll focus on verse uh, 45. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Listen to the word of God. And they, who are they, the believers? And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, and, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had needed you know why the world you know why the world is in such a mess do you know why there's a gap between the rich and the poor it's mankind's selfishness. It's sin. Mankind is, is selfish. Mankind will rather let his brother starve than to say, listen, I've got this at home. Can I, can I assist? Verse 45, and they were selling their possession and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Generosity. The self-help, self self-love religion does not rejoice in generosity. It's all about self. See, that's why narcissism is against the word of God. 
Because the word of God calls us to sacrifice for others. Narcissism says, do everything for yourself. <laughs> Love me, sacrificially dying to self. Listen to what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9. One of the most radical texts in the Bible. Luke chapter 9 verse 23 to 27. Hear the word of God. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? So, in other words, self-love or, you know, this whole self-love theology is loss. The Bible says that. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And he forfeits the soul. So if you love self, you cannot love Christ. <laughs> you cannot follow Christ. If you're full of yourself, you cannot go after Christ. You cannot pick up your cross. Verse 26, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and holy angels. Luke chapter 14, verse 25 to 35. We are about to finish. Now great crowds accompanied him. And he turned to them and said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife, and children, and brothers, and sisters, yes, and even his own life. What, what, what will happen to them? He cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So Jesus Christ is saying, all familiar ties, familial ties are not as important as me. Your love for, me, for, for Christ in comparison to all your, 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 your family, your father, I don't care who it is, your friends, even your wife, it should look like hate. When they see a man who has died to sin and is alive in Christ and is carrying his cross, people must say, that one is really saved. Because when they see you, you are devoted to Christ more than anything else in this world. Even your dear wife. That's radical. <laughs> because there's so many people who are holding on to the world, holding on to the wife, holding on to the car, holding on to the job, job security. I cannot offend my, my boss because I want riches. Even if my boss is compromising, I won't say anything to them. Because you know what? My job is on the line. It's got nothing to do with me. Narcissism. Friends, if you love yourself too much, then maybe you're not a Christian. Maybe you are not born again. Maybe you are heavy laden with the burden of self. Because self, be, you know, when Christ says, Come to me, all ye who labor. And a heavy lady. He's not talking about people who are sort of dawdling and they're in rags. No, no, no. He's talking about the proud of this world. The, the bourgeoisies. You see, you are heavy laden with pride and self. Shame on you. You do not know what is better in this life. You need Christ. Shame on you. It's sad. That's why Christ said, come to me, all ye who labor. Which is everyone, because everyone needs Christ. 
We need the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you're too full, you're too full of yourself. Listen to this. Ch turn with me to Philippians chapter 2 as we close. Just, just tarry with me a bit. I know that I've gone long today. But tarry with me a bit. Philippians chapter 2. Listen to the word of God. From, I'll, I'll read from verse, verse 5 to 10. Then I'll go back. Oh, verse 5 to 11. Then I'll go back. Have this mind among yourself, which, you, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant. So a holy God took the form of a human being. There is nothing more humiliating than that. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, let's go back to verse 3. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not, on, not, not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Then he continues, have this mind. <laughs> Friends, the religion of self-love is, is wicked. It's an abomination. We need to repent and believe in Christ so that we can love others as Christ loved us. So that we may be selfless, sacrificial, and really be sanctifying because, be sanctifying because loving and sacrificing, you're losing something. You, you, your pride is being gnawed at. That's the, the, the pride of the flesh is being gnawed away John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 